You cannot lose if you do not play. Have you ever watched The Bachelorette or Survivor or The Real Housewives of somewhere and somewhere? Of course, those shows are scripted. You know this when you're watching them. Of course, the outcome is clear. You know this with some predictability if you watch enough of these shows. But the point of these shows is not the scripting, the outcome, or even the win at the end. The point is, you cannot have an opportunity to win in the first place if you refuse to play the game at all. And we as human beings have been playing games with each other since time out of mind. Games connect us. Games bind us together in relationship. Games cause us to think differently. Games encourage us to think strategically. Games channel our propensity toward violence and coercion into less societally damaging outlets. Games only work, however, when everyone is bought in on the rules, the standards of conduct, and the expectations around success and failure. When we aren't all bought in, well, you'd probably do better to switch to a different game instead of continuing to play the one you're playing now. My name is Hassan Sorrells, and this is the My Boss Doesn't Care podcast. When we research the information, create the manuals, practice our delivery, prepare the room, and then arrive at the location. When we set up the room, get the markers, write our name with a flourish on the whiteboard, and then we put up the PowerPoint behind us. When we set the expectations among the group in the room, launch into our appeal, and then make our best argument the same one we're going to make for the next four or six or eight hours even, we go to our first break and then you walk up to us and you say one of the following three things. The people who really need to hear this information won't be here in this session. The people who could really use this training aren't going to come. The people who could support us in changing our work culture can't come due to scheduling issues. We are quietly surprised when we hear any of these three things and let down and perhaps a little bit ready to leave the room. Because see, here's the thing. If the people who are already prepared to change are the ones who are in the audience absorbing the information of change, but the people who aren't ready are the ones with power and control and the authority to advocate for change, then why are we here in the first place? There are many issues with the laments that we hear in the room, 
But the biggest or most obvious one is that they are only stopping you. The you in the position that you fought to get into for the last 10 years. The you who advocated for the right thing from the beginning at work. The you who has built your team so carefully in order to avoid dysfunctions that have driven you crazy for years. From executing and implementing the change you want to see at scale. The laments in the room aren't encouraging the people who aren't interested to be more interested in the workplace change you seek to make. Which is what you want after all. Right? John P. Cotter, a leading authority on change management, says the following, quote, People change what they do less because they are given analysis that shifts their thinking than because they are shown a truth that influences their feelings. Behavior change happens in highly successful situations, mostly by speaking to people's feelings. This is true even in organizations that are very focused on analysis and quantitative measurement even among people who think of themselves as smart in an MBA sense, unquote. So statistics and data don't convince. Numbers and revenue projections don't convince. And tactics don't work either. Mindsets don't change because of well-executed, well-implemented tactics. Mindsets change because our philosophy of the world, our collection of shoulds and oughts, shifts over time. People's feelings change people's behaviors. But now more so than ever before in any other time in human history, we live in a world of top 10 lists and hacks for developing a beach body ready by June. So... Just in case you've ever said any one or any combination of the three statements we just read during a training, a lecture, or even a keynote presentation, I offer up, or we actually offer up, a few suggestions to get that precious buy-in you're looking for from the people who aren't showing up, who aren't learning, and who are otherwise not growing your organization or control and authority. Suggestion number one, appeal to status and vanity. For the people occupying positions above you, find out if they like to look good, which they probably do. Attending a conflict resolution workshop will make them look good to their bosses, which will help with them getting promoted. It will also help them save money on recruiting and retention, which will help their continued status as a budgetarily minded person. Suggestion number two, appeal to ambition and ambition. For the people occupying positions parallel to yours, find out if they want to get promoted. More likely than not, they do want to get ahead. 
Attending a conflict resolution workshop, a leadership development workshop, or a leadership storytelling workshop will make them more promotable, which means more money for them. It also means more possibility for you to advance. Suggestion number three, appeal to a desire for power. For the people in conflict with you or those creating conflict in your organization, find out how they view the organization and how they view their place in it. Once you do that, then you can tap into their inner work-based ego and maybe do a little jujitsu there. Employ the above tactics, any of the three suggestions, and the next time we're invited into your organization or any other trainer is invited into your organization, you'll come up with different statements for us, more impactful ones, ones we can actually do something about in the room at that moment. Power, games, status authority, manipulation. No one employee can change the culture of the organization that they are in, not by themselves. But one employee can shift the moment and the momentum away from being unproductive and towards being productive. One more thing to consider when you're thinking about this, when you're talking about the people who quote unquote really need the training, the push, the encouragement, the validation, or when you're talking about the people who really need the disciplining, the reprimanding, the timeout due to bad behavior, when you're talking about those people, how do you know that they don't believe that you're the one in need of the same medicine you would seek to apply to them? The story is probably apocryphal, which doesn't make it less true. An old Cherokee is teaching his grandson about life. A fight is going on inside me, he said to the boy. It is a terrible fight, and it is between two wolves. One is evil. He is anger, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, Resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. He continued, The other one is good. He is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. My grandson, the same fight is going on inside you and inside every other person too. The grandson thought about it for a minute and then asked his grandfather, which wolf will win? The old Cherokee simply replied, the one you feed. Mm-hmm.